Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Art of Intention. Today, we have a special episode for you with the return of a guest we all know and love. Today, we are excited to have my husband, Chris, back on the show with us, and we're diving into quite the topic today, so I'm really excited. Over the years, Chris and I have actually been in quite the journey of finding a good church to attend as somewhat newlyweds, and we have learned that a lot of others we know are in the same boat, other friends and family. So I have a question for you guys listening today. Have you noticed a shift in the church lately and in church culture lately? Have you maybe moved cities and you're finding it hard to find a new church? Or do you see people around you not attending church because they, quote, just don't like it anymore? On today's episode, the three of us, Beth, Chris, and I have a little discussion on this and we share our thoughts. You don't want to miss this one, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode. We think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. Alrighty. Hello, Beth. How are you? I'm good. How are both of you today? We're doing good. Yeah. Like I, like they all just heard in the intro. My husband, Chris is here. Chris, do you want to say hello? Hello. He's really excited to be here. Swear. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So today, like I said, we're jumping into something. Uh, This is kind of something, like I said, that Chris and I have noticed in the past couple years, uh, I actually talked about it in an episode a few weeks back, but I'm a new mover to Canada and a new mover to our city. And in doing that, Chris and I have been in this journey to find a church together. And it's been quite a journey and we have a lot of thoughts on that. So that's kind of what we're what we're going to get into today. Yeah. And I'm, I think that, I mean, I'm kind of, we went through a similar boat when we moved. We just got full disclaimer, super lucky with what we found because we also noticed when we were in college, Chad and I, the struggle to find a church that was good, kind of bouncing around. And then talking to other people, like you said, talking to friends who have and family members who are having a similar experience. So definitely really relevant for everything that's going on right now. But yeah, if you want to give some backstory, some more kind of dive a little deeper into the backstory on that of you guys and your journey, because it's still, yeah, I feel like you have yeah. more current backstory with that. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. Do you have anything you want to start with or should I start? Uh, you can start. Okay. Basically, what it looked like was, so all three of us, um, four of us, really, if you count Beth and Chad, too, all of us grew up in the church. We're all, we all grew up as Christians in Christian families, so grew up going to church and the like. Uh, Beth and I were lucky. I really liked our church growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. We were really lucky, and we kind of talk about this a little later, but Beth and I had a super great church culture there was a lot of like kids our age a good youth group culture things like that that was really good and I really liked our pastor at the time too as far as like how he how he got into the bible how well he knew his bible granted when you're like 14 that's kind of less relevant you're just like I don't know I found it really hard to get into sermons for a long time but Mm -hmm. overall I think it was a really good church culture things like that and then both Beth and I moved away Uh, That church has gone under some changes, nothing that bad, but just like, you know, churches change over the years and they probably should. And then, yeah, I moved and just during the move, during actually like the pandemic, all that time, I took a big step back from being in church every single Sunday. And once my move got up here and got finalized, we decided to jump back into that because Chris had been kind of, uh not attending like on Sunday either for reasons we'll talk about. So we were like, all right, like let's jump in. 
let's find a church. And we tried how many? Three? Sounds right. Yeah. So three Mm. churches. One we went to kind of steadily for a while. And I'll say none of them had great problems. But our goal with finding a church was like, we want community. We want to find a family. And Mm -hmm. that was the goal. And for no big fault of the churches, it wasn't like clicking for a while. And we'd attend multiple Sundays, finding it really difficult. And we kind of have found that we wanted to go somewhere that got really into their Bibles. Yeah. And that's that's what we weren't finding. And I don't know. I don't know if that's crazy or not. I don't know if you have more to say about that. But yeah, I mean, we tried out a few, uh, a few different churches. And I always just found that they were um, not well balanced. Mm. The we went to one church that was very much into their word, mm-hmm. um, but the worship was very stiff. And right. and then we would go to another place where it was the worship was good, but then the the word was like, okay, let's read, you know, three three you know three scriptures and do a quick like, you know, love Jesus type of a thing and. Very everybody shallow. go home it was like oh blessed are the wise okay that's church and that was you know, <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh yeah so just what? just things like that and i've i've actually been i've attended a few churches around uh our city and stuff and there was one church that me and my friend attended that it was a larger church and we walked in and i think Somebody might have handed us a pamphlet, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, we got we got in and out of that church without speaking to a person. Um, oh, no. There yeah. was, you know, everyone was kind of like in their circles and, you know, people would kind of look and give us the side eye of, you know, oh, these people must be new or whatever. But nobody yeah. ever approached us. And so, yeah, that was just... I've been hunt I've been church hunting for um a while now but yeah yeah the um do you want to talk yeah oh yeah I was just going to say like another reason that it's been like difficult is like you've got a bit of a story about about church that's like yeah it's it's not that hard but it's something we keep in mind so I don't know if you want to talk about that right now or yeah the when I was uh, growing up I went to a church that was also a school and oh. it's actually uh, currently there's some stuff going around in the news and different things about it. Um, mm. Certain lawsuits and things going on. Interesting. Uh, like as we speak, actually. Yeah, yeah. currently <laughs> happening. And there was definitely, there was good people there. Um, but the pastor at the time was... Uh, was self-serving and he twisted scripture and um it it essentially became for the lack of a better word it became a cult because it was you didn't speak to anybody outside of the outside of the church and outside of um and everything you did had to kind of get approved by the church and then if if you left the church if any family left the church you were shunned um, oh goodness so yeah, yeah. A- and then those who if you chose to continue to associate with those people you would be brought in by the church leaders and basically reprimanded and then it was be 
um, you know, almost disciplinary action taken against your, you know, against your family, like to that level. So um, initially when I had left that, when we had left that church, I was quite young, um, Mm -hmm. grade three or four, we had left that church and the, the, the consequence to that was that, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the church for a very long time. And I more so blamed churches and, but through growing up and through finding faith again and all these things, I don't, my opinion is very much flipped to say that I don't think that you can blame churches. Uh, Not that, not that you just want to attend someplace that's terrible, but you can't blame churches because of things uh, that things aren't a hundred percent perfect all the time, uh, because mm. there's still people, yeah. right. Uh, we're, we're fallible people. And so yeah. people use it. And I did the same thing for a while is people use it as an excuse to, and hold it against God and say, well, your people did this to me. So therefore I hate you and everything you stand for. And then they use it as an, uh, as basically a scapegoat to do whatever they want with their life. Um, right. you see a lot of people who get hurt by the church and they go completely into more of a, a hedonistic style of living where it's just all pleasure and do whatever you want. And, yeah. uh, because God hurt me, um, right. so he must be terrible. And so I'm going to do everything right. he told me not to do. Um, yeah. and people tend to end up in those situations and this, it's not, you know, it's not a hundred percent, but you can see a pattern of those things happening. Um, yeah, for sure. But for me, it's just, it's an easy excuse, right? Because what yeah. does Christianity do and require for you to hold yourself to a higher standard, which is Christ's standard? So right. is it easier to just say, well, oh, I was hurt. And then people go, oh, that's so sad. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I feel so bad for you. And oh, you know, that kind of a thing. Whereas if you... Uh, just take responsibility, I would say, and just say, you know what, I'm not going to let this deter me from the faith and the truth that is God, because God is infallible. And Mm -hmm. God is absolute. It's that, and you you don't let people determine your opinion of God, but you let you, you let the Bible and your faith determine, determine that that's the, that's the difference. And that's something that I had to come to even myself. So I completely understand people's uh, gripes and stuff, uh, coming from a place like that. Um, and so, but, but it also gives me a very, I guess, specific lens to look at churches through. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I was going to say, you know, what flags to look out for to -hmm. make sure to kind of vet churches a little more thoroughly to make sure you're avoiding that or anything that looks like it could be that. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, well, yeah. In one sense, it's, it's almost a, almost a blessing, not that, that any of that happened or that anyone who went through the church, Chris was talking about how to go through that. But out of that, like we are kind of given this, this really great lens of, yeah, like red flags and basically the biggest red flag, if anyone else is in a similar situation, it's just mm-hmm. listen to the verses being taught in church, read the verse before and after. If the verses aren't lining up, then, you know, like you got to find somebody reading from scripture. And that's the biggest thing we look out for. How are they in their word? Like, 
how do they preach scripture? Is it a couple verses to make people feel happy or are they like getting in there? And we have come across some pastors that are really great about that, like giving proper context. And that I, we found that that was like what we were getting really hungry for was Mm -hmm. the, um, we had this one pastor break down really well, like end times. And we were like, okay, like if anyone is going to like show themselves as a pastor, it's talking about end times. And he did a good job, like not trying to scare anybody, not trying to this, like not, you know, just breaking it down chapter by chapter, what the Bible is saying. And like, that's what we were super hungry for. And so we were like, okay, right now, us as married people, like we're hungry to get into the word and just get into it really raw, really real, without a lot of the the showiness that churches need to put on. Like, what is this? And so basically, like, long story short with that, we're, we're doing a home church right now. Um, a home Bible study mm-hmm. rather. And that's our church at the moment. And I'm curious some mm-hmm. of your thoughts about that. Cause I've actually, I've talked to a few people uh, that are noticing people our age, like Gen Z and roughly our age, mm-hmm. shifting a lot away from the typical church on Sunday into more intimate, like home church and home worship. And I talked with one guy actually at my work as a barista, someone I met for the first time, but he was talking about it. He's going to seminary and he was like, no, I'm noticing that. And I think it's really interesting. Like, I'm wondering if it's a bad thing or if just the typical like Sunday church worship, read the Bible structure isn't what young people want anymore. Like, do they want more Mm -hmm. discussion based, more this? So yeah, I don't know if you had any like initial thoughts on that right off the bat, but that's kind of like where we're coming at our experience kind of in real time, like. We started this yeah. Bible study a couple months ago, and it's been going really well. Almost but it is a year, I think now. Is it really? Yeah. Started it closer in March. Yeah. So, so coming up, and it's been it's been really cool. But I, yeah, I can't help but notice like we're not the only people doing that and noticing that. The goal is always to the goal for us has been to to still find like a church body with a pastor and stuff. But yeah, anyway. Sorry, I asked your thoughts yeah. a while ago, and then I kept talking. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. We're just chatting anyways. Um, yeah, no, I actually have lots of thoughts on that. I, mm-hmm. I'll share really quickly our experience because it's very different from yours, and so our context is going to be different than yours. Mm-hmm. But um, for us, like I said kind of in the beginning, we got really lucky. We found a church here right away that is perfect. I mean, the pastor is the best pastor I've ever had in my life. He speaks the truth. He dives really deep into the Bible. He's very like, very like harsh with the truth, not mean or anything, but you know, he just says it as it is. And he doesn't let like the devil come in at all. He's just like, he's amazing. And like, we, we actually found him because we were driving in the car and had the Christian radio on and it, it, you know how like they sometimes switch between like songs and then sermons, a sermon, a local sermon started playing and we're like, instantly loved everything he was saying he was saying and we're like this is on the radio you know definitely not politically correct like all that mm-hmm. stuff and we're like who is this we just kept listening to fi- find out who it was and then we went and the first day we were like well you know it's not perfect you know uh whatever but we love his teaching so much and kind of like you said we were very much craving just people wanting we wanted to go and really learn and dive into the bible and luckily he really provided that for us so we got lucky you know, we had went to a couple other churches and we were kind of like, okay, here it goes. Here's like the church, you know, search. Here we go on this. Cause like I said, or like you said, Ayla, I grew up in the church, same church pretty much my whole life. Super lucky. It was a great church. And then when we went to college, we, we went to a church that was okay, but we did like small groups, um, as well, because we felt like we weren't quite getting enough out of the Sunday church. We weren't really connecting with people. So we did like small groups as well. And we had like a 
a, the college campus had like a church group. What do you call it? Like kind of like a youth group, but you know, you're in college. So I don't know if you can call it that anymore, but yeah, like a youth I know. Group, I still always call it youth group, but yeah, like call it yeah. young adults Bible study, I guess. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But for all intents and purposes, when Ayla and I say youth group, we just mean like a gathering of people. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways. So what you were asking where like, if I've noticed this, like like uptick in people having trouble finding a church and then what their alternatives are and people kind of doing more small home churches. A hundred percent. Yes. Not just in like my friends and people, but also like family members. A lot of family members have left um, some churches like in my hometown for reasons that I won't go into because it's like such a long story, but like some family members have left the church that we grew up going to and then started doing other things. And then I have other family members who've started doing like home churches. And then also some people I know who do like virtual church, you know, like where you listen online live, right? Where you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like watching live, which yeah, when I say home church, that's not what I mean. I think you too, like when you say home church, you mean like actually gathering in the home, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So virtual. Yeah. So yeah. So anyways, I have a lot of thoughts on this and <laughs> it's I probably have more controversial thoughts on it. I, uh, do we want to go into it or do we want to kind of like, wait, do you want me to share my thoughts or do or like, how do you want to go about yeah, this? I think so. I think Just go for it and we'll, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Cause yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cause we have more to say, but I want to, we'll I want to hear your thoughts first. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I know, and I will preface this by saying like, I know that it's like up for debate and, and I think that churches have a responsibility to be better. I think that the reason people, kind of like you were saying, I think the reason people aren't wanting to go to church now, like there's so many reasons, but people in our generation, well, I think churches can be boring. And I think that there is going to be more and more false doctrines in churches because like you said, people are going to take advantage of that platform. And I think that's dangerous. So then people are going to avoid those churches, hopefully. I mean, that's the goal. But um, so, yeah, I think churches have a responsibility to be better. But that being said, something I was thinking is that churches won't get better if the good people stop going. Mm. And that's something that like, again, and I there's such a line, though, because I think if a church is teaching really dangerous doctrine or they're super off, don't go. Don't support that and try to get everyone else you know not to go because that's also probably a losing battle, to be honest. You can't fight those people. Like if it's like if it's like a demonic church or like a cult or something, that's a losing battle. Just get out and pray that they just just, like collapse. Yeah, Yeah, stop. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Right. So that's not what I'm talking about. But like other things where that are maybe just like I don't know what the best word for it is, but maybe like smaller, just like preference differences. Okay. So just kind of the concept of like young people around our age, not going as much, that kind of scares me because um, obviously if they just don't go at all, that's a little concerning, of course. And I think that people trying to do something like virtual church at home or something like watching live, that often leads to people like just kind of not going. And I think that virtually watching it at home, it's too many distractions. And like I said before, so I'm, I'm going to start with that because I know there's virtual church and then there's small groups like or like creating a, like a group church. at home. Yeah. So let me start with this really quickly because mm-hmm. I feel like this is maybe we'll agree on this one and then we'll get into like the home churches. So I think that virtually watching at home, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that because I think there's too many distractions. And like I said, I know it's going to be debatable, but watching at home, in my opinion, it's like it shows a little bit less devotion and not in like a judgmental way, but I think that actually getting up and going to church, inconveniencing yourself to do that 
Um, I think that that's actually one of the ways we kind of honor and praise God. It's like worship in and of itself. It's saying yeah. I'm going to like deny myself and go inconvenience myself and go somewhere and do this even though I don't want to. Yeah, because you can and just I also be sitting think, on your phone during home church yeah, too. Like most I, people do. I'm so guilty that during the pandemic, yeah. absolutely like threw it right. on and then well, just like too. did other stuff around the house or whatever. Oh, yeah. So yeah, It's definitely. too easy to do that. It's so easy. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I Whenever I do home church – or not home church. Again, I keep messing that up. But whenever I do virtual church – I'm never just sitting and watching it. And I have seen people who do that every Sunday and they are not sitting there in the same way that you sit in church and you pay attention. You have your yeah. Bible cracked open and you're taking notes. It's not the same. And I think it's too easy for people to get distracted when they're watching church in their home. And I think it can lead to a lot of behaviors that especially if we talk about kids, it teaches young kids that you don't have to prioritize church or even prioritize God if it's mm. inconvenient. It teaches convenience over commitment. And that's my big my big issue mm. with like virtual churches. And then of course, of course, we'll talk about this more later, I think, but like you miss out on other things like, you know, being in a room that is really like a bunch of people praising God, you know, that kind of thing, whatever. But that's like a separate thing. And I think that that kind of transitions over into talking about like small groups. I love like small groups, meeting like home churches, stuff like that. Like I said, some of my family members have turned to doing that, um, who've like left the left the church. But I do think that there are some like things to consider, in my opinion, again. I think that it, if it's like, yeah, just, I think in my, so growing up, I always thought that those were like additions to Sunday church. Again, I, mm -hmm. I saw Sunday church as more of a chore, to be honest. I know we're not necessarily supposed to, but I saw it as more of a chore because oh, yeah. you're when not you're always going to enjoy you're it. like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, please no, screaming and crying. But even like as I got into college and stuff, I was like, I don't necessarily enjoy this. I'm not getting a ton out of it, but I feel like it's just, it's just a commitment thing and I need to like force myself to go. And sometimes I'd get stuff out of it and sometimes it was more just like, okay, today I practiced commitment and you know, whatever. Mm. And, um, so I always saw like smaller, like youth groups or whatever, home gatherings, Bible studies as like addition to like the Sunday thing. Never right. thought too much because I was lucky enough not, ha not to have to, because I always had a pretty good Sunday church. I never thought about it being like the main church. So I think for me in my head, that's one thing I think about is like just making sure that if like I'm talking to young people, or even like if I was talking to my family members or something, I would kind of just say like, well, just make sure you're getting like enough of it. I don't know. Or make sure that you're – because we're not pastors, you know? And they yeah. – pa good pastors, good pastors went to school and they know the context of the Bible and they know the Bible like the back of their hand. And it's just so impressive, you know, when a good pastor knows so much. They don't even know everything, but they know like the – the history of the Bible. They know the Bible itself. And just this knowledge that because we didn't go to school for it, I wouldn't want to miss, you know, in a Bible study. That being said, home home church Bible studies, you can actually focus on what you want. So I think for that reason, they're really good because you can actually dive into the Bible, not just have surface level conversations. And I think yeah. just Sunday morning churches, you often miss out on the conversation too. If you're not going to small groups, you're not having conversations. You're sitting and listening to something. And if that pastor isn't preaching something good or if it's too shallow, you're not getting anything out of it or not anything out of that specific teaching, I guess. I don't know. That was such a long-winded response. But no, I, I so loved many it. Thoughts. I was I like, I don't know where minute. to pause. <laughs> no, that was great. I loved so, every minute. I don't know. But yeah, anyways, I know there's lots of different ways that uh, that it can be done. And everyone, it's going to be different for everybody. But those are like my main thoughts and my main concerns when someone uh, like, I don't know when someone brings up this uh, this topic in general. So like I said, I know it's a little more – I have a little more opinionated on that. Oh, but, I don't I don't think yeah. so. I'm curious. Okay, so you talked about how church was like you always saw like youth group, 
home church or whatever as an addition and like would you say you hold the opinion that Sunday shouldn't really be the meat when it comes to like being in your Bible or do you think churches should have that standard you know like I'm see I'm torn that's an amazing question I never thought about that I think I'm torn I think ideally Sunday should have lots of meat. It should be growing you. You should have fellowship. It should be something that is pouring into you. Mm -hmm. I think that if it's not, instead of not going, you should just add the other things. I think that that's also why churches have the responsibility to host Bible studies and women's groups and men's men's groups and whatever. Right. Of course, they might not do a good job. If they're not doing a good job on Sunday, those might not be good either. And I know that that's like fully acknowledging that. And I realize that. I think there's so many things that are like, ideally, 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 but that's not the world we live in. And I don't know how much better it's going to get. And that's also why I think conversations like this are great because we can kind of make decisions of how like, how are we going to fix it? What are we going to do? Like, yeah. I don't know. And I, th- I think also ideally home churches and stuff might turn into real ch- – like real churches, you know, big churches or medium-sized churches that can be the healthy ones. But no, I would say that I think Sunday should have like the main meat because that's also like, you know. That's what everyone's I think that reality yeah. – that's where everyone's going. And Well, we were kind of talking yeah. about it this morning because that's kind of I'll – let, I'll let Chris talk for a bit. But that's kind of what he was saying this morning. You talked about like if the churches aren't – satisfying you not satisfying you like it's boring but you know actually yeah uh satiating you build your own basically it's kind of what we were talking about Mm -hmm. this morning but yeah i don't know if you had more thoughts on that the um the thing i would say is that there's um there's definitely a level of self-reliance that's required um whereas relying too much the problem is if you rely completely on sunday Mm mm-hmm you know, and it's good to have, to have, you know, a good word on Sunday. That's absolutely like, that's a positive thing. But if you rely completely on Sunday, unfortunately, although a pastor can go to seminary and be taught and get context and things like that, if you are reliant completely on Sunday and just being fed the word, that is where false doctrine gets in. That is where you, Mm -hmm. as soon as it gives more opportunity for false doctrine to come in, for that pastor, as the congregation grows, to get more um, loose with what he says, things that may benefit him or benefit his church or his congregation, things can get dicey really quickly. Because if you don't have, and usually that's where things like elders and other things come into play, but you as even a congregation member, right? It's this the bible is a is daily it's daily bread right yes you should be reading daily and trying to to read comprehend in context what's going on um and that is and i would say is a big part of the problem is a lot of people are simply going to sunday church to be fed and then just walking away and being like yes i've I've checked the box. Done my I went, I've gone, I've done it. And, and then the rest of the week, they're not, you know, their Bible sits on their shelf and yeah. not that, you know, everyone goes through seasons where it's like, yeah, there's, there's some dust on that Bible, right? Like yeah, we things. Go through it, it, yeah. Happen, and again, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I've done it in my life. Things happen, but it is important to be in the word and to be digging in for, into it for yourself. Um, 
so that in the context that, you know, the pastor says something funky, you can um, even go to him and talk to him and be like, look, man, I don't know what you were saying, but that does not line up with what I am reading here. Right. Right. And yeah. And, you know, he might tell you, well, you know, I'm a man of God, so suck it up. And then it's like, well, maybe I don't want to be here anymore. Right. Right. Uh, whereas may, you know, if you sit down and have a conversation, you know, that's where, you know, you have, you may have different viewpoints, but it's, I think the problem is again, with, with today's church. And again, this is all generalization. I know that there's Mm -hmm. good churches. I know that there's good people, but with even the rise of things with, for example, some of the, uh, Catholic churches that have gay priests and, with the rainbow sashes and things like that, when you're having blatant doctrine that completely opposes what you're actually supposed to be teaching, that's being accepted and being taught from the pulpit and things like this. And people are just getting, I would say they're getting tired of the pandering and the pansy, yes. um, love thy neighbor. Not, not that that's not a good principle, but um, <laughs> just the, the constant rereading of the same scriptures that everyone likes to, that makes everyone yeah. feel good and makes Instead everyone go home on Sunday and go, oh yeah, that was so great. Jesus um, said to love your neighbor and that's the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And I right, think that, the, again, when um, the Bible talks about, you know, the, I mean, the end times thing is a whole, a whole other conversation. But when it talks about, you know, we're not getting farther away. Um, so when it talks about things like that and how the doctrine is going to get worse and how things are going to get more twisted and how people are going to uh, and how God is going to separate his people. Right. And some will fall away yeah. in those times. I think people looking for that harsher, that more intense truth doctrine that people which is just the truth of the Bible. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The Bible is not a soft book. Um, yeah. People looking for that and going, you know what? Forget everything else. I just want to sit down with some believers, whether that be in your family, in your friend group, whatever. I want to sit down and I want to dig into this thing. I want to get into the meat and the potatoes of the Bible. And I want to get the truth out of this, regardless of what it means to me. I want to hear this and really come to understand who God is and what I am required to do. I think that's why we're seeing so many of these home churches starting to pop up right. is because people are trying to cut through the crap uh, mm-hmm. that all these other churches are starting to prop up as truth. And yeah. um, and again, it's not saying that all, all churches of course. Um, are doing this. Right, right. But when you're seeing a majority, right, you're seeing this large majority and people, right, people mock Christianity um, simply from the fact yeah, that nobody true. has a backbone. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Hypocritical and, stuff. And a lot of people are actually there's there's a huge uptake in um, uh, really orthodox Catholicism and in Islam because they are way more cut and dry things, and they're they're tired of the wishy washy Christianity of the West, and so yes. this is kind of the playing field that's getting laid out, and right, and so when if you find a good church, I mean. That's that's a great thing, and yeah, I and I it's believe it's important for community, and to be with other believers and things like that. But if you gotta, you know, if you're sorting through stuff and 
what you can find at the time is just that you can sit down and dig into the word with your friends. Right. It's like, you know, I would say that's a win and, and that you should be reading your Bible consistently as well, because that's, you know, that's, what's going to get you to that, to that truth and not just taking one man's opinion. Of um, course. Of, of what the Bible says. So I, I definitely agree with a lot of that. And I would say hundred percent agree with the danger of being dependent on that church. If it's like once a week, you're just going to that, that is what leads to corruption or to, yeah, like you were saying to false doctrine easily leaking in and people yeah. just absorbing that. Cause they just trust that that person is an authority and yeah. it's just like, I'm just going to go check that off my list. But as you were talking, one thing I was thinking of though, is that you said that it's our, as a congregation member, it's your responsibility. It's our responsibility to be knowledgeable of the truth because your faith goes beyond the church. It's supposed to be daily. You read your Bible. It needs to be your lifestyle. You know, you need to know the Bible. And I would say kind of like a little bit off to the side of that, I would say that that actually means, you know, that translates into being our responsibility to bring, you know, our Bibles with us to church, to check as the preaching is going on, to double check verses, you know, to check the doctrine as it's happening. And I actually think that makes it more of our responsibility to go to those churches so we can call it out instead of Mm. leaving. And I, because again, I understand what you're saying. I agree, I think like 90% with what you were saying, but I think that those groups, again, I still kind of maintain that my opinion is that those groups where you really delve into it and you cut through the crap and you don't let this crap that's just happening right now in churches like pop up, um, I think they should still be in addition to that church because if you believe those churches are really teaching false doctrines, then the people you need to save are still in those churches. And if you just leave and you like, obviously, I think the more small groups, the more gathering together, the better. But if those people are still in the church and they're being deceived and you saw it and you were smart enough to leave or you were sound enough or um, whatever in your faith to leave, you still have people there who don't know that they should read their Bible, crack it open while the pastor is preaching and, you know, check it. And they have never maybe heard the perspective of actually that's not biblically sound. Actually, that verse he read, there's so much more context to it. And I think that it we yeah, there's a responsibility to, you know, stay in that church. Again, the line is if it's a cult, if it's if they're being harmful, if it's absolutely horrible teaching, obviously get out because I think it's a losing battle. Maybe try to take your friends with you. But if it's just something where you feel like, ah, oh, this is going in a bad direction, it could eventually get there or, you know, it's just not deep enough. I think there's a responsibility to try to be the person who makes it better and, mm. you know, yeah, fixes it, saves people there you know, tries to kind of bring it back around because even small groups, I mean, they're all churches are just built of people. They're just built of people. All of them started as small, small groups and grew into what they are now. Well, maybe not all of them, I know, but like in general, churches started as people gathering together and growing to where they are now. And so any small church you start too, what if one day it gets to be that way? And you would want members who call out stuff, you know, and who want to make it better, so again, there's, but there's, I know there's so many outliers. So oh, well, that's yeah. something yeah. you've said about but, yourself a ton. If you were to ever be a leader, like, yeah, yeah. people calling you out. Yeah. yeah. But I would always, I would also say in that context, it's a very, it's a very dangerous and fine line to walk um, with something like that. Right. Because I mean, obviously if they're teaching blatantly incorrect doctrine, of course you would want to bring that up. 
but you don't, of course, even myself, like I don't claim to be the, uh, the moral authority or all knowing about the Bible. Right. Um, yeah. And so I also, you know, you don't want to just start kicking in doors and going, you're all wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, your doctrine's wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Cause you're not gonna, nothing, that's not gonna help people. Right. Like in that scenario, everyone's just going to be like, um, no, this dude's just crazy. Kind of like get him out of here. Right. So it's one thing. And, and again, it's one thing where even if you maybe had a civil conversation with, uh, the pastor or people of the congregation or whatever, and eventually they were like, you know what, we don't want you to come back here anymore or whatever. Then it's kind of mm-hmm. like, well, maybe that's one of them dust your, uh, you know, dust your feet of the it. place and continue on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, it is, it is important to hold churches to that standard and right. Like, well, and the Bible gives us instructions of how to even do that too. Like if you do notice mm-hmm. something wrong going on, it, I think it's in Ephesians. I didn't pull it up. We have other verses. I didn't pull this one up, but it talks about like first going to that person. And if there's no re- resolution, you bring in one other person. And then if there's no resolution, then you yeah. bring it to the elders. Like there's, it yeah. doesn't overly apply, but like generally like uh, the Bible gives you like resources for basically like how to bring that up. I think within your like church family, it's a little bit easier, like with people, you know, and you notice something's wrong, you go to that person, then you bring in others and then others. And then if it's still not solved, um, I don't know, something else happens right. after that. But the, yeah. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is, is as again, it's a very fine line to walk because, you know, every Christian is of course should be and is growing right on on a daily basis right learning trying to understand things more and so you if you're going to do something like that and you're going to go into a place and start pointing out things and bringing in doctrine and stuff like that which again i think should be done it's just i think you should be really sure of what you are saying what you are doing because if you are going to do that, you are essentially leading, you are leading an entire congregation in a, in a different direction, right? Yeah. And so that's a very large responsibility. It just as the Bible talks about how teachers would be judged more harshly, right? Because they right. were, they are responsible for people. I think that it's not so, yeah, I see what you're saying. And I think that's not quite what I was saying. I don't think it's quite as fine of a line as that because that is a whole task in and of itself. I know what you're talking about. If someone is going to go to that church to like rescue it or to change it, I think Mm -hmm. those are like the more intensely wrong churches that have something wrong with them. That's a different thing. I, I don't, I'm not talking about going to a church to disrupt it and save it. Right. I am saying find the church that you like best, that you think is the most sound. And if you end up finding something unsound about it, you see something you disagree with, then instead of leaving, call it out is what I'm saying. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100% that if you are going to go, I think I feel called or I want to, or I'm like bold enough to like, go and, oh, I see this church is doing this wrong. I'm going to go there as a new person and call it out. That is, I mean, that's more power huge. to you. If that that's like mission work or, or something, that's amazing. But I no, I'm not saying that that should be the norm or the standard. And I think that, like you said, you're going to end up looking more like a crazy person and not really affect people's hearts because you're new. You just came in here. What are you doing? Like we, yeah. we agree with the person who's been here. We agree with the church we already like, know, and love. I'm saying that if you seek out a church you 
and you like it best out of all the churches that are your other options and you find something wrong with it. You yeah. know, I think that there's something to be said for calling it out and just kind of like, yeah, again, this is with smaller disagreements though. Certainly if it's something yeah. horrible, yeah. you find out like with the stuff that's going on in the Catholic church. Oh, okay. How about yeah. we don't keep going there? Yeah. You know, like not that yeah. kind of thing. I'm, I'm definitely for hightailing it out of there if there is something really wrong. But again, in pursuit of finding another church and yeah, grow the small groups on the side. Yeah. But again, I, I, my view is that they're more of additions rather than main things. And, and uh, yeah, so I agree with what you said, but I think that's not quite what I was saying. I don't, I wasn't right. trying to say that. I, right. I see yeah. where I did, sounded like I was saying that. Oh, as I, be, I think that'd be fun. I, was just, I think that'd be so oh, fun yeah. to just like rock into the woke churches and be like, listen, but it's <laughs> no, about to and, run in swinging. <laughs> there's not. And yeah. And, th- and that's the thing is you're definitely not going to find perfection. That's, that's absolutely yeah. right. Because you're not going to find perfection. Yeah. It is man-made you know, like I said, yeah. uh, you know, at the beginning. So yeah, it is, it is definitely one of those things where you do need to um, find, yeah, a place that you are happy with and that you want to, um, you know, serve and help grow and, mm. um, and things like that. Absolutely. Um, well, and then, I, yeah, and, yeah. And find community in that, but yeah, absolutely. It's not that you just at every little, yeah, slight disagreement that you would, give up and say, you know what? Nope, this isn't the place because it's not perfect. Because gotcha. yeah, again, okay. you're, you're never going to, you're never yeah. going to find a place. That's, that's how you get people like that though. Yeah. yeah. I know people like that though. So I wanted to clarify that because I was like, dude, I know people like that. I know someone who yeah. currently is not really going because they claim that, well, it's not every, every complaint they have is so small about every church they've been to. And I'm just like, at a certain point, you need to just right. realize they're people yeah. and just go and stay in your own lane if that bothers you. Or maybe you try to talk like there's so many options you can do before leaving that it's like, oh my goodness, that's not like that's not a problem, you know? Well, well it is a problem, even, but whatever. It's it's the other thing that's difficult. This is one of our things that's like uh petty's the wrong word, but it, it's just difficult. Mm-hmm. Like Chris and I are both pretty yeah. introverted and like generally you couldn't pay either of us to just like go into a room full of strangers and like be right, there and right. have to whatever right it's different especially if, if it's a church you didn't grow up in that yes. would be a very easy reason for me at least surface level to be like I don't want to go on Sunday then and the pandemic did not help like when our yep. church our church didn't close for a super long time but it was a couple months for sure that we that we did virtual church and when when real church came back I was like um <laughs> I can't do this like this right? is you know but if we were to give into that and be like, well, we can't go to church on Sunday because there's a crowd, you know, that's one of those things. We've accepted that about ourselves. That's one of those things where like, we have to swallow that. We have to go, we have to be a little uncomfortable. There was actually one church we went to for a minute who, um, they had like the sanctuary and then they had the foyer. They would actually close the sanctuary doors right up to starting. So you were all just in this small foyer to force like fellowship. Cause they were like, oh, we geez. know everyone's just going to go sit in their pew and not talk to each other. So this is to like, they had like little, little, you know, sparkly waters, little drinks out and cookies and to get people to talk beforehand. And Chris and I were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, no. And then we were like, you know what? That's probably exactly what we need. That is probably because we'll be those people that go sit and like are alone. So, so that was another big part of it too. And I do like commend that church for kind of doing things like that. I find that interesting that that's a thing. Like you got to like really make people have some fellowship. So like, that's where I know a church is important is that community Oh, but yeah, that's what I was saying. That could be a thing where we're like, eh, no church says that, but like, sorry, you like, you know, I've had to have that conversation with myself. Be like, sorry, that's that's not a reason. That's like, you know, a thing you have to die to. So it definitely everyone yes. has those things. That's just like, I think the first time yeah. we really like went to a new church together, it was so crowded. We were like, oh my gosh, but it'll happen. I know it's overwhelming for sure. 
Sorry, I didn't um, know. If no, no, I was. I didn't know if Chris was about to say something, so I was gonna wait if you wanted to say something, Chris. Uh, yeah, you, it was yeah, just okay. about the yeah people who um, uh, kind of to go along with the line. This is a little more specific, but uh, Titus three nine to eleven specifically talks about divisions and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it says, "But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies." and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time after that have nothing to do with them you may be sure that such people are warped and sinful they are self-condemned so that's a good one again like in context yeah in context this is paul writing to titus specifically but Mm -hmm. um right you you wonder why there's a million you know, sects of Christianity and of Catholicism and right. Everyone, there's different, uh, you know, different yep. strains of everything. And it's because everyone, right. Well, we, we believe this and we believe that. And then so people, yeah. And so people have, um, will come up with these, you know, it, it specifically says, don't get divisive about these foolish things. Right. Um, that's such a good point yeah 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 like we've got way too many denominations as the yeah, church in we my really opinion do. like there's the i i don't know the actual names of it but chris has told me there's like denominations for people who believe that jesus's sandal had like three straps on it and denominations where oh no that's just two a, no, no, but no, that's, that's not real that's just no 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 <laughs> that's just that's that's how i that's how i explain it. oh gotcha right well, it's just like, surprise, though. Yeah. no that's just how i explain it and that's <laughs> how i've always mean. explained it is like yeah. people will will get to that point of you know, people get, yes. they get arguing about such specific things. And then they're like, yeah, I think Jesus wore th- uh, a sandal with three straps. No, it was two straps. And then they're like, well, screw it. We're, we're making yeah. a new denomination. And, and their like, friendship is divided. And it, yeah. it like they distract from the entire point of the gospel exactly. of their faith of God. That's such a good point. And actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because it kind of calls out like, because I was definitely saying like, oh, bring up stuff if it's wrong. That's a good reminder because I am very argumentative as a person. I'm very opinionated. And so I can get caught up very easily myself in being like, I'll, I'll fix this. Like, I'll, you know, like I'll deal with this. But definitely there's like, like you said, bring it up. And then you just got to let it go. And so I think I would say, though, kind of like rounding up the last thing we were talking about, because I know we kind of got to move on to the next topic or whatever, but like kind of the question you have to ask yourself, okay, is it going to be reason to leave or do you just shrug it off kind of depending on the topic and then just keep going? And then I would say maybe like, I wonder if you agree with this, leave fighting the battles for things that are like bigger, like, like if it's sin, because in what part of the Bible is it? And I can't remember at this point, right, as we're talking, but the part of the Bible that talks about how like, um, dealing with other believers like in the church who are sinning and like Mm -hmm. if it oh there you should we found it out well chris found this before we jumped on uh yeah well it's it's all over like um i know for sure again i i don't think i got into it for this time but there's ones in ephesians about like how to deal with conflict as far as like talking to people one-on-one who you go to but this one that beth's talking about for corinthians um i think i mentioned it on last episode too it's so good because it talks about um Sorry, I'm making sure I'm just in the right the right spot. Um, it talks about how, first off, it's not our job to hold the entire world to Christianity standards. Um, but the minute someone claims salvation, the minute somebody claims themselves to be a follower of Jesus, then there's absolutely stuff you call out. I think this is the yes. right... Okay. So that would make sense for in the context of church, just to say. like, So yeah, if you're yeah. in a church and fellow believers are... yeah. 
So it's 1 Corinthians 5, chapters 9 through 13. Again, this is Paul writing the Corinthians. Uh, I think I mentioned this, I think, on a couple episodes because it's just, it, mm-hmm. it's so applicable. Uh, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep, oh, the, yeah, this is super interesting. Okay, sorry. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous, coveters or extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what do I have to do with judging those who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put yourself away mm-hmm. from the evil person. And it's That's crazy. Fun. We were like getting so hyped talking about it before the episode of like... Um, I think earlier Paul kind of writes like not to associate with the immoral. And then here he clarifies, he's like, well, no, not everybody outside of the church or else you'd have to leave this world. Like, yeah, you know, we all, we all fall short of, of God. We all fall short to sin. So he's not saying, well, you can't just not talk to sinners. We would have to leave. But what he's saying is people within the church that are not living up to the standards, people who, you know, if you're going to church in modern terms, if you're going to church with a friend and your church shows up, or your church, <laughs> your friend shows up to church every Sunday, but they like to talk about how they they clubbed all of Saturday. They participate in hookup culture. They participate in active drug use, but they're there on Sunday talking about how good of a Christian they are. It is 100% your responsibility to call that out. And I think something else kind of jumping back into like progressiveness in the church and things. People are getting less and less likely to call that out. There's actually, we've, yeah. this is a whole rabbit hole we could go down. But we've heard straight up sermons talking about where like none of that's sin. You're not sinning. You're just, oh you know, gosh. it's fine. Like Jesus still loves you. And no, it says that this is not the only verse over and over. Well, in this verse, it's quite intense. He says to like be gone from those people if well, it's happening in the church yeah. and to call it out 100%. There's, yeah, like you're saying, there's a verse um, very similar to that that talks about how you should deal with people like your brothers and sisters in Christ, like sinning in the church or living in sin because we all sin, right? And it Matthew, this is one I thought you were going to pull up, Ayla, but I mm-hmm. like the one you did. But it's Matthew 18, 15 through 20. And it says, um, this is the NIV version, so excuse that. But it says, if your brother or sister sins, that's brother or sister in Christ, go out and point out their faults just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen. Take one or two others along so right. that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Obviously, right. some of that is historical context. You know, it'd be a little bit different. But yeah, it just kind of like you, the church is also a big part of dealing with other believers and, you know, the conflicts that do arise and uh, keep calling out people who are living in sin. Well, um, and it's, and it's been, oh yeah. Well, it's been to the point we've, we've been in some sermons again. I don't have anything against this pastor personally, but talking about sin that's happening in modern day, which go talk about, should you talk about politics 
and religion in the church or talk about politics in the church because Beth and I are already going on this. But I'm I'm so hungry for more of what's going on today to be brought up in church, not so softly. And Beth, it sounds like the church you're going to is doing a really good job of that because Chris and I sat in some sermons. We sat in some that do it really, really well. And then there's just other things within the church that didn't align with what we were looking for. But I've been to some yeah. others where the pastor will bring up something big, something important that's happening to people today. And he's like, I just, you know, how do you approach that? I don't really know. And move on to sound soft, to sound accommodating. And it's like, well, the Bible says something about it you probably just don't like what it says. So you don't want to talk about it, you know, and, and it's the gospel is offensive to people and it's yeah. offensive to other Christians. It's offensive to non-Christians. Like it can be offensive to Christians in the sense, like you have to understand that the least of these are worthy of salvation. And it can be offensive to non-Christians in the sense of once you accept salvation, there's change that happens in your life. It's yeah. Chris always says it really well, but you say, come as you are, don't stay as you are basically like Ooh. there's change and rest reformation that comes with that. Yeah. And I think more of, and it's not to say every church, service, I don't want every single church service to be like, you said ours, you this, like we're calling out LGBTQ and we are calling out the drug crisis. Like not every service has to be so intense. There's definitely room for, for, for softer words, for loving words and stuff like that. But generally I think like the, the beef, of the conversation is like truth. People are super hungry for the truth. Yeah, people. Well, and I think the problem is, uh, I feel like a lot of pastors uh, say, you know, the church is a hospital for sick people, right? Um, and it's like, which is true, which is true. Sense, yeah, which, but mm -hmm. what does what is the point of a hospital, right? It's to get you better, right? And and then send you out again. So, but people take that as well. We just need to take everyone in and accept them as they are. And if they, there's no kind of push to, to change, right? It's just like, right. oh, well, Jesus loves people. So, and, and it's not right. that you, you know, it's not that you shut the doors and like, don't let people in. Cause that's not the point either. Um, right. but yeah, it's, that's something that I've, I've said for a while now is come as, you know, you, you come as you are, but you don't stay as you are. And that's not even right. That's, in the context of people who are, you know, new Christians coming into the life, but it's also you as a Christian, you don't, you, it is not a stagnant place to be a Christian. You cannot just sit there and sit on. Be like, I know everything. Yeah. It's, I'm it's, good. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, um, yeah. it's not the parable of the sore. It's the, um, the one, the, the story of the, the man who got the wages and buried them in the ground and didn't do anything. Oh like yeah. That. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, and then he was right punished for that. It's like, yep. so it's not a stagnant thing, even as a Christian, you're not supposed to just bury it and sit on it and be like, I got it. So nobody moves. It. And you know, I I'm, I'm good right here. It's like, no, it's, it's a, it's a constant movement. And so mm -hmm. even me, right. I'm constantly, trying to pray and be like, you know, give me better understanding of what the heck's going on in the world right now. Give me better, right. Uh, I guess a better way to an understanding of how to the big one for me right now is to, is how to, I guess, love people from a Christian standpoint while at the same time, not giving up, right. Um, any ground on, on Christ and on my faith because, oh, yeah. because again, yeah. uh, the problem is that the world's version of love is love is love. 
Um, and the Bible's context of love is to hold people to a higher standard. And that standard is Christ. And so with that comes growing pain and comes refinement and comes all these things that you have to lay down and admit that you're not perfect Mm -hmm. the way that you are as much as people like to say that. And, you know, and just things like that. And so when you come to an impasse like that, which is a very large one, when you're sitting, you know, when you're sitting across from somebody and you're going actually from a Christian standpoint, I'm not perfect. I'm not a, I'm not an infallible human being. The only reason that I, you know, sit here is from the grace of Christ and that I know that I'm going to heaven because of the grace of Christ and nothing that I did. And the other person is going, no, you're supposed to love me in everything that I do all the time, even if it hurts me. And that's what love is to them. And so it's, um, and and then that kind of, I think, seeped into part of the church too, where if you call somebody out in love, right, uh, you pull somebody aside and you go, hey, man, I noticed that you're doing this thing and that's not biblical. They go, oh, well, that's just... You're just not being loving. Yeah, that's not very loving, man. And, and yeah. uh, you know, you're... And that that idea has started to seep in. I see. Um, yeah. And so, you know, Christianity yeah. was supposed to be and always has been kind of counterculture. And now it's starting to mix too much. So... Trying to um, blend too much of yeah, your own, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. And when yes. our churches start looking like the world, we're in trouble. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I, I would like you were saying that's such a big problem right now. Modern churches, it's a misunderstanding of what love is. Love is tough. Love, love is rooted in truth mm-hmm. and change. If you're sinning, true love will do what's good for you, not what you want. You know all of that. And um, I, yeah, and that's where it gets tough when you run into those believers, other believers who just have this view of love is, you know, love is love, live and let live, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Cause like you were saying, Ayla, in the church, it's like, no, you're held to a different standard because you, your salvation is at risk and your soul is at risk. And, um, yeah. So I just, I think that though, I think that that's so hard. Having conversations with those people is hard just to yeah. be honest, but I think that quoting the Bible, cause God's word, his, you know, his powerful word is the only thing that's going to change hearts. Even if we don't see it right away, like we just read in Matthew, it is our job to call them out and not just once, but call them out again and mm-hmm. again and just do our best plan, our seed, if that's all we can do. Unfortunately, it's so, it's so sad. Like I hate the times I've had conversations with acquaintances where I just try so hard to pour into them. And at the end of the day, I have no idea if it made any difference or at the end of a year's friendship, you know, you don't know if it made a difference, but. What I've tried Anyways. to tell people in my life, like. Um, I talked about it a little bit on the show, how like I took a big break from the church and like pursuing Jesus and stuff and, and made friends like far outside the church, which is fine. I, I have very strong feelings. You, you do not need to have only like Christian friends, you know, like definitely you should be around all kinds of people, all of that, but mm-hmm. like live this more like partying lifestyle, live this farther away from God lifestyle, um, went and reconnected with Jesus, like pursued a relationship with Chris, who was a godly person, got more into my Bible, all these things, went to hang out with these same friends again. And it wasn't bad. We just like didn't have anything in common anymore. But I heard so yeah. much like, well, what like, what does the Bible say about you, you smoking weed? You, you think that's a bad thing? Why does the Bible have this? You're living all these rules, blah, blah, blah. And basically, I, again, kind of like you, Beth, I understand. I don't think this conversation like resonated with anybody, which is fine. But I explained how there's there's peace and security in boundaries. 
there's peace within rules there's safety mm-hmm. within within rules and boundaries you're not being tossed about by everything that comes your way and you're not t- trying to justify oh well i'm a christian but i i do this kind of bad thing but the bible says it's okay because blah 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 you you just know you're like hey i don't do this because jesus told me not to and that's it. You don't have to justify any more of that. And there's peace and there's safety and there's security in that, yeah. especially like, yeah, sometimes to to other to other friends or family, it can seem like some of the choices Chris and I have made in order to pursue the most godly lifestyle we can. Again, not perfect, but we try to make the best choices for our family every day that we think align with the Bible. And if those come off harsh, it's like it might sound harsh to you, but to us, that's that's peace, that's safety. It's 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 peace in knowing that we're doing our best to align with what God says, but also it's almost easier to sort through all the muck and the everything that the world's going through. If the Bible says harshly what to do about it and you just follow that, oh, sure, it's hard. I have to deny myself of this one little thing. But over time, it it just sets you up for an easier time, actually, I find. Yeah, Yeah, you're not struggling through gray areas. Yeah. Yeah, sitting in, and and that's the thing is we've talked about it and as things have the past couple of years have gotten more and more intense with a lot of different things. Um, you know, I said, I said to Ayla at some point early, uh, a couple of years ago, I said it to me, it looks like things are going to get a lot more black and white. And as a Christian, mm-hmm. you need to, there's going to be way less fence riding. You're either mm-hmm. going to get sucked oh, in yeah. on one side or the other, and you have to make that decision. And again, I, I, I talk like this from a point of, trying to, you know, of growing and of not, you know, being stagnant because even, um, you know, yeah, the, it's actually really positive that the, the Bible is more black and white because again, that, that security in, um, in boundary and in, uh, rules and discipline and things like that. I mean, I look back at, um, you know, back at what was it? 2018. Um, you know, I was, I had just kind of refound my faith again. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to operate kind of one foot in each camp. Yeah. And yeah, it was, we it ended similar, terribly. Yeah. It ended terribly. I was a terrible representation of Christ to other people wow. because I claimed Christ and I then proceeded to do things that were not Christian, right? So yeah. I was trying to prop myself up as to be this guy who was, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And, um, you know, so I won't do these things or this thing or that thing. But then I was doing these other things and I was justifying mm-hmm. them in some way, right? Yeah. And then down the line, I actually ended up hurting some people through that, being such a poor representation yeah. of Christ. And now mm-hmm. um, I don't know where those people are at, but I guarantee you they probably don't have a great opinion of Christians. And that's something that I deal with. And I have to, I still from time to time pray to God and ask for grace and forgiveness for that because I was such a piss poor representation Mm -hmm. of his, of his son and of the person I serve and claim. Um, Now I know that I have grace over that and I, and, but it still hurts me to this day that I was such a terrible representation of Christ that this may dissuade the people that knew me at the time from Christianity. Um, Dang. So yeah. sitting in black and white and making decisions that are biblical has become very important to me. And, and trying it serves to, the people we love 
so much better and trying to step forward and it helps treat it helps me treat my wife better in the same Mm. in the same sense but so it's again like as i say these things i think i give all thanks and grace to god for everything that i say now and the position that i'm in now in my faith and i i pray that i continue to grow and continue to understand more but looking back at the things that when, I, when you have your feet in two camps, things get messy very quickly. And not only can you hurt yourself, but you can hurt other people. You can hurt their opinion of, the, of Christians, of the church, of Christ, and of God who is infallible, who is great, who is sovereign. And so you have to be careful what you do. And you need to essentially, you need to make a decision and you need to get your foot out of the muck and either jump jump in and swill with the pigs or get out and get clean mm-hmm. so wow. um because yeah. it just hurts everybody involved and absolutely and so um yeah, yeah i don't know that was a bit of a tangent that's no that was amazing was, oh that was so good thank you no but i i'm so glad you said that i was and just I that's so powerful yes and i don't oh, know if, i don't know if those said people would ever hear this but if by chance that you do hear this i apologize and i hope that you find christ um and i hope that you know him personally and not by my representation because i represented him really poorly Hmm. and i'm sorry yeah yeah thank god for grace because uh we all need it and it's going to cover all of us uh, at the end of the day yeah, that's so yeah. that's so powerful, and uh, I you said all of that so perfectly. I'm so glad you said that. I think not enough people, not enough Christians, understand the reason why, and you just explained that perfectly. Yeah. You know, we can sit there and talk about how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to act, and oh, we need to, you know, the Bible needs to be black and white. We need to practice what is preached in there. But there's such a deeper reason why it protects us and it protects others. And as you were speaking, it just reminded me of I we've I know we've said this verse before, Ayla, but in Ezekiel mm-hmm. chapter three, I'll, I'll say it, it, it says when you, involved. yeah, like yeah, when when I say to the wicked, you will surely die, uh, you have to warn them of like the evil that they're living, you know. Or, or let's see what's the verse. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die, you must warn them so they may live. If you don't speak out to warn the wicked to stop their evil ways, then they will die in their sin. But I will hold you responsible for their death. And it's just like, that's why our, that's where our burden is. It hurts them and it hurts us. And yeah, like you were saying, real love cares about their salvation. It cares about, you know, like, yeah, it just cares about what's best for people. I've done, I don't even want to keep adding because I loved everything that you said. That, so that was like, I, let's transition. Let me sidestep. I love that. Let's leave that there. Let's put a pin in that. Amazing. Big fat period, big period after that. And let's go on. Okay, well, yeah, I guess uh, overall, do we have anything to add? Like, uh, yeah, I actually had be off recording. I don't know if you had anything else, like any other looking out for it. I had, I had one other transition I wanted to make. I had another thing I wanted to clarify. Transitioning then into something, uh, uh, something else. I wanted to ask you guys' opinions on what the purpose of church is then like just overall obviously we've talked about some of it through this but i think we should list kind of a summary of what are our opinion of what the purpose of the church is like what it should do what it's there for just so we can kind of understand yeah just a little bit more deep about all of this yeah so if you guys want to start um 
I would say that probably uh, it is the situation of uh, iron sharpens iron, right? Mm. Um, and in that in that context, when you have iron sharpens iron, you have two people at play, right? You have you and the church, and mm. both being iron because you're both of Christ, and uh, okay. and the the situation again only works if you are both iron. Okay. So if you Again, and, and you're both imperfect, right? So mm -hmm. you as a person, you're imperfect, and the, and the church is imperfect. But the situation only works if you're both iron, right? So yeah. I would say that the point of church is to go and be with other believers and sharpen each other, right? Hold each other to higher standards. Read the Bible together. Discuss. Learn. Worship God, right? The the Unfortunately, the basis of or the, the, I guess the basics of the, of the church is quite simple, but people are complicated. So yeah. the, when you break it down into basic terms, I think that it is a way to once a week, you come, you worship God together and you sharpen each other and through accountability and through scripture and through, you know, weeping with those who weep and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, praising with those who are praising and those and that's kind of the basis of the whole thing and i think that should be the purpose and i think that should continue to the, be the purpose of the church it's just that things have gotten yeah very messy yeah yeah for me i guess beth you might remember this uh with the same youth group we went to but talk about this a little bit but um we had a super solid youth group that was like a huge highlight of high school and being a teenager for me. We met on okay. Wednesday nights, so it wasn't quite Sunday. We all met on Wednesday nights, and there was a portion for about a good year where it was our youth pastor, his wife, Beth and I, and like four other kids. Like there were just six kids coming, and I remember our youth pastor was kind of discouraged. He thought he he was kind of newer, and I remember he was like nervous. He was like, oh, do I suck? Like there's not a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. That year was fire, and I remember it yeah. because – we went through the book of Romans and yeah, we took like a year going through that book and it was so good the way he broke that down. But we met every week and we spent the first 45 minutes just like catching up on each other's life. And it was, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm, I don't know what everyone was going through. I'm trying to apply for this school and I'm really nervous. Uh, school has been hard on me this way. My parents are going through this like real and raw stuff. Like this is happening with my parents. Uh, I, I've been feeling really low this week and I don't know why I need prayer or the good stuff, the wins. I got a new job. That's my dream job. I, you know, I'm really looking forward to this thing. And we just, we knew so much about each other. And then we spent the next 20 minutes praying and we assigned yeah. it, you know, Beth, can you pray for Ayla for this thing? You know, Zach, can you pray for Timmy for this thing? Like, right. And we totally surrounded each other. Yeah. In prayer. Then we got into our Bibles. Then we got to ask questions about it. And then we like prayed again at the end. And then we did youth group things like played, you know, the, what's it called? The soccer one with the, whatever, played games <laughs> after. And that was so important to me. And I think that's a huge part. It's a place where you go at least once a week. And I think fellowship's a big thing. And that's why I do have the goal of, because like Chris and I have said, we're strictly at like home church right now with our friends and there is fellowship there. And that's also why I like the community aspect of church. Like Chris said, you've got people, you've got shoulders to cry on, but it's not all feely like that. Then you, then you are getting into the word. And I think the reason it's structured once a week is because people wouldn't do it if it wasn't once a week. Because I've never subscribed to the idea that church has to only be on Sunday, that that's it. And you don't touch it any other time, you know, 
like we said in the very beginning, daily bread, all that stuff. I think it's once a week because people wouldn't do it otherwise. So there yeah. had to be one day that you do come together. You do pray for each other. You do keep each other accountable. But the the more you have things like that, the better. That's why I like what you said, Beth, about how, how church is church and there should be meat to it. Okay, sorry. I'll round out this answer. Church, no, you're good. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Say church is on Sunday. You've got your pastor who should be a very good, very trustworthy person who knows his Bible the best he can. Again, not perfect, but like generally knows what's going on, um, delivers that to people, breaks it down in a way that gives context to what's going on, breaks it down in a way that's easy for everybody to understand, potentially calls out what needs to be called out and surrounds people in prayer. From there on, people have their fellowship. But I also really love the idea of men's groups, women's groups, groups yeah. for teenagers more because the Bible's so complex. Um, men need their Bible in their own way. Women need the Bible in their own own way. Teenagers need it. So, so mm-hmm. it definitely happens throughout the week. And like we we're talking about this before. Uh, sorry, it's a bit of a tangent, but like there's a huge joke in the service industry. Um, specifically food service about, and I can actually relate to this, how the after Sunday crowd or the after church on Sunday crowd can be some of the like the meanest, honestly. Like some of the times I've been personally screamed at when I was like 17 was the after church crowd. I'm like, why are we going to church and talking about love and kindness and the fruits of the spirit and then going out? So like more depth to it, holding more people accountable throughout the week. Like that's kind of what I think it should be. So, and, and it filters into the rest of their life. You're not just kind for an hour on Sunday and then you go off and be whoever. It should be so powerful and so impactful that it keeps mm. going. But yeah. Yeah. Answer. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. I like both those. And I would say I agree. Um, I think for me, church is supposed to be fellowship. Like I think four main things, fellowship, learning, or like you were saying, Chris, sharpening, you know, Iron sharpens iron. So fellowship, learning, worship, and attainability or reachability. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, Ayla, um, you know, church makes Christianity attainable. Um, once a week mm-hmm. is a lot easier to commit to than than other and, things. Yeah. And teaches new Christians what Christianity is. And then I think the other benefits I, – I didn't know how to say this as like a purpose of church because they're kind of like benefits. But I think that like one of the – purposes of churches to give you additional benefits. And for me, that's like healing and, Mm. you know, learning all that stuff, but like also the benefits that God will give you in practicing obedience to him and going and committing to going all the time consistently. And then the community that you should get, you know, that's also a benefit and it gives you opportunities for additional obedience because I think there's just a lot of reward in obeying, you Mm. know, when God tells you to like help others and, you know, you know, like help the widows, help the orphans, you know, help those in need and, you know, take care of your brothers and sisters in Christ. So I think it also lends to those opportunities. So I think that's kind of like the purpose in my view. So, okay. I like that too. I just wanted to kind of get that out there, what we thought of it to kind of round up the episode. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if I had anything else to say other, I was maybe going to have a section on like looking out for false doctrine, false theology, and gosh, that could probably be a whole episode in and of itself. We kind of covered it though. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Probably so many guests I'd love to have on about that, but generally to anyone listening, if you're going through something similar, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, use critical thought with what you're hearing in church. If you've got a bad feeling about something I just hope you have the courage to either confront it or listen to what God has to say about it. Um, If it's something you politely step away from, something you confront, like just, yeah, just keep your ears open, listen for anything that's wrong. And 
be in touch with the Holy Spirit. He'll let you know <laughs> if yeah. if you feel a little unsure about something, it's probably something to listen to. Um, and check it with the Bible, though. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. And check you it should with be the reading Bible. Your Bible every day. Yeah, yeah. Just read your Bible and pray every day. <laughs> well, and and uh, like we said earlier, nothing nothing petty. Like, oh, this this church makes me have to socialize with people. I don't want to go, you know, like, like yeah. everything we say, or, I think we, yeah. yeah. Or smaller, like you were saying, Chris, like smaller battles. It's like, if it's just a difference of opinion, just yeah. maybe let that one slide. But I will say, looking back when you were talking, Ayla, about that period of church where it was just so beneficial, that youth group, it like, and then this whole conversation I've had with you guys today, I think it's changed my opinion a little bit of being like totally okay with home churches. Cause I think for me, I was so worried about home churches. I was like, you know, what if you're missing out? Like, what if it's, if it, if it's just people giving up on church. But when I look back and think about what church should be, and that's why I asked you guys your opinion, what do you think church is supposed to be? What is church? What's the purpose of it? A home church, I think oftentimes, especially nowadays will satisfy that better than a subpar church. And yeah. I just think that that's so important, like, especially the talking with other people. And, you know, there's not a lot of time on Sundays, you know, to really fellowship with people. So I think that's really, that's really great. I still think addition is always better than substitution, but in no dust for like youth groups though, or like, right. you know, whatever. Right. But what I, you're saying yeah. is like, it's, it's better to have a solid home church of like 10 people than to go to a faulty. Yes. Full church. Like, yeah. 100 person church you go every sunday but if that's just like checking it off your to-do list yeah. and even if it's an okay church i think that being even in a small home church of like yeah i think it should be an actual group of people you know not yeah. necessarily just two people because that's a bible study and you could do that anyways yeah. but yeah i think that a, a home church is is great and uh if it's got the goal of furthering everybody's relationship with god and you know i think that's better than yeah well i mean something you know, it's just something to add to that. The, you know, you have places that Christianity is not allowed. You have places mm -hmm. like China and, and, yeah. and things like that, where there are underground churches and well, what do they do? They gather wherever they can, you know, yeah. in the bought in basements, in cell, you know, like wherever they can do it. And it and may be 20 people in yeah, a room, yeah. you know, with a candle, you know, you, it, it, God is not confined to one space. And yeah. I would call, they call them underground churches for a reason. Yeah. Right. And so I don't think it's a requirement Yeah. to say that. No. Yeah. That, 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 that would not be a church, but a Bible study. It's like, well, no, I would call that a church, yeah. you know, yeah. because it's still yeah. furthering the knowledge of, of Christ and. Yeah, exactly. And if you're purposefully gathering, I think for me, I always saw home churches as like, that was the point of them. It's like, if you're in a persecuted society, well, yeah, then a home church is what you do. I always kind of thought that like, if not always kind of thought, and again, there's like lines and differences and there are some people who are going to do it this way. But I thought if you were doing a home church, it's like, well, are you doing it because you want to avoid certain things that really you'd benefit more from if you just like persevered through it and just right. went? Right. To those ones, and again, like you get the benefits of like being obedient to God and going anyways, and you have the community there where you have opportunities to help people, you know, and it, but yeah, but I think that's for me, I think my opinion is still holds strong with just like the, the virtual church. Like if you're just at yeah. home and you're watching yeah. a virtual church and that's your only church, it's like, you're missing out, I think on a lot of commandments that you're, you know, you yeah. should be doing and you're teaching kind of the wrong thing to yourself, but a home church, you still, you're all intentionally gathering. That's a big one for me. It's like, you have to intentionally kind of like 
put yeah. yourself out. Like put on your Sunday best. Yourself. And, yeah. Yeah. You, you're just like, it's inconvenient to devote hours of your day to that. But yeah, it doesn't make a difference if it's like at home or in a building. Uh, actually, it might like make a difference. might yeah. be better, you know, one way or the other, but. Well, I feel like yeah. that's a tool. Like you find yourself sick and like puking on Sunday. Okay, I'll watch church online. You know, it's like cool. I feel like it's a tool yeah. for that. But yeah, I've got one more verse. If that's okay, I know it's we're going a little long at this point, it. but I say this for like the very beginning of this of this episode. But here I am, and I love this. We in our in our Bible study, we just uh, a few months ago we read Acts, which is one of my favorite books that talks about the early mm-hmm. church and stuff. And the second half of Acts is quite dense when it, they get into doctrine and stuff. But the first is so exciting because it's like, it's right after Jesus ascends and it's church formed. Like, and it's exactly mm-hmm. what the early church looked like. And it was so, it was so cool. So this is Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. And it just talks about, um, this is shortly after Jesus left and the church is kind of starting. And it started by them literally just going out and like preaching and gaining followers that way. And then it started going into buildings and stuff. And up until this point, well, okay, actually, I won't stay on this because I don't know everything. But generally, church was held in the tabernacle, in temples and things like that. And this is where we see church like going into the home. So here's the verse. It says, uh, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and good and divided them among all as anyone had needed. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord added to the church daily those who were being saved and i love that something about the historical context too makes that feel just so simple to me they just went home to home they broke bread together they prayed together they also performed miracles together and mm-hmm. and dove into their word together and i love that yeah People I, like to use this yeah. first for socialism. I'm not going to get into that today. <laughs> like the I sharing know. of this. That was within the church. Shush. Whatever. But, you know, like Communities. in general, yeah. I love that verse for kind of your question of what should church be. I see something like this, like the early church. It was just, um, there's a lot I like about it anyway. I, I like that. And I do also like how it said, and it kept, it kept growing. Because I think yes. the end goal is you should keep growing because you're supposed to save more and more people and, you know, rescue people. So it's... It, the point of it should be that it at least tries to grow in some ways. But yeah, I like that. This was such a good conversation in my opinion. I think I benefited from this today. So thank you guys. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else you had on your mind or? I think we, I think, I think that was awesome. I think that, yeah. I'm so glad you came on. You had so much more to say yes. than I think just us would have. <laughs> I think we needed your wisdom. Yeah. I think, it's I think my, that was meant to be. It's my life. <laughs> Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, Chris, for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's always a good time to have people in our life on to talk about this stuff, uh, find out what the Bible says, and just have a great discussion. Do you just want to say thank you for having me on or something like that? I realize we didn't let you talk, right? <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. I know. <laughs> just cuts him out. Just, just I think that was... <laughs> what? You could just be like, thanks for having me on. This Thanks was for having me on. Okay. <laughs> I think you were talking in part of that. That's anyway. okay. I'll just, that's, that's just that's what great. we'll do. <laughs> Love it. Love if it. you are new to the show, be sure to give us a follow so that you never miss a new episode. And if you love what we do, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. As always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Zencaster, wherever you get your podcasts. 
And be sure to check out our Instagram, Art of Intention Podcast, where you can find resources for each episode, continue the conversation with us, submit a guest request, and just come be a part of the community. We will catch you next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.